Good morning, everyone, and welcome uh, to this Your Active event sponsored by the government of Kazakhstan. Um, my name is Benjamin Fox. I'm a journalist and editor uh, with youractive.com. Um, now, you can follow this debate on Twitter via the E8 Debates hashtag. And if you would like to ask questions and you're on the Your Active Events page, uh, that function should be on the right hand of your computer screen. And now this uh, Euractiv virtual conference will discuss how close relations between the EU and Kazakhstan can help the greening of the Kazakh economy and transport sector. Now, Kazakhstan has announced its plans to achieve carbon neutrality by 2060, which means expanding the share of its renewables to 83% and phasing out the use of coal by 2050. Now these are very ambitious plans for the world's uh, 14th largest emitter of CO2 at present time. So the big question we will be asking, um, amongst others, is how Kazakhstan is going to get there. And we will start with the opening remarks from Ambassador Bayrokan Magulan, the Ambassador of Kazakhstan to Belgium. Mr. Ambassador, the floor is yours. Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Thank you very much for your initiative and support. Uh, this idea to meet and discuss about, uh, the, I think, the main topic of the agenda of around the world. In Kazakhstan, there is no exception. As you know, we pay attention uh, more precisely if we are talking about the greener economy in Kazakhstan and how we can socialize with. Uh, with our European partners, also how we can establish new projects in this um, direction. Of course, uh, there is many, many uh, obstacles, there is many uh, stands, but generally uh, we know that it's necessary to, to activate our uh, work in order to increase our uh, cooperation with the European Union, uh, how we can improve our green economy as a common our challenge. Uh, uh, dear friends, uh, distinguished speakers, dear Mr. Fox, um, I'm pleased to join you today uh, for the, this discussion on the green uh, cooperation between Kazakhstan and the European Union. The green development uh, and tackling uh, climate change are of exceptional, uh, exceptional importance of, in our relation with the European Union. I'm honored to welcome our distinguished speakers from also from Kazakhstan. I'm also thankful to Euroactive as our partner and its senior correspondent, Mr. Benjamin Fox, for hosting this event today. Uh, as you know, uh, dear friends, a leading economy of Central Asia, uh, Kazakhstan is taking bold steps towards transitioning to a green, sustainable, climate-friendly economy. 
We are expecting the country's GDP growth of 3.7% by the end of this year. Uh, it's further increase in the following years. And uh, uh, as you know, we are the first CIS country uh, to ratify the Paris Agreement uh, in December 6, 2016. In December 20, 2020, the Climate Ambition Summit, President Tokayev announced an ambitious goal uh, to achieve carbon neutrality by uh, 2060, becoming the only country from our region to set the net zero objective. To th that end, uh, the government is finalizing its strategic document to provide the optimal pathway to the carbon neutrality by 2060. Well, under the Paris Agreement, Kazakhstan committed in its uh, nationally determined contribution, NDC, to unconditionally reduce by 2030 its greenhouse gas emission by 15%. The Prime Minister Maimens participated in the 26th uh, Conference of the Parties, COP26, once again demonstrates our strong commitment to the implementation of the global, global climate change agenda, which is crucial to set in place an urgent, effective, fair and uh, human transition to a global uh, green economy. Uh, actually, we are focused on defining nature-based solutions uh, to reduce expo exposure to climate risks. And the first thing that uh, it is to boost, uh, to boost future carbon absorption and to combat desertification, uh, we intend uh, to plant 2 billion trees across across 500,000 hectares by 2025. Uh, as you know, throughout its history, Kazakhstan has been facing environmental and man-made tragedies. The RLC is one of the, of the most devastating environmental disasters that affected uh, about 35 million people living in sea basin. Unfortunately, the problem of disappearing of RLC uh, is uh, threatening both of both our region and the whole world because uh, the salt dust from the dry bottom of the RLC settles on snowy peaks and uh, thus contributes to global warming. Uh, in order to improve the ecological situation on the dry seabed over the past 29 years, uh, Kazakhstan already planted 195,000 hectares of saxal trees and, uh, and in this basin of, of the dry sea. Uh, of course, today we are working to increase the number of saxal trees on dry, dry, drain bottom of the RLC and plan to and plan to plant uh, saxo on 213,000 hectares by 2025, which is around very close, around the half of our um, plan. The second that's uh, renewable accounts today for 3% of the total energy balance. We have set a 2030 target of the at least 15 of new re renewable energy capacities. Hydropower has significant potential in Kazakhstan, so we expect this to, con to include another 3,000 megawatts of new capacity by 2030. Well, uh, well, the legal framework for sustained climate action is in place. A new environmental code uh, was adopted earlier this year 
the law includes assertive norms of the use of pro-climate technologies and a chapter of the adaptation. As you may see, when it comes to fighting climate change, Kazakhstan is working on comprehensively on multiple front, fronts. We believe that this transition must be, become a vital engine of sustainable people-oriented development. Uh, dear friends, Kazakhstan and the EU are on the same page with our ambitious green goals, and we must collaborate on launching new uh, green projects, uh, basically based on the our simple principle of goodwill and win-win cooperation. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, taking this opportunity, I wish you, I wish all of us, and uh, interesting and constructive discussion. Uh, exchange of views uh, today, and I hope uh, it will be with, with, with useful for all sides, all the participants, uh, and uh, we can create something new uh, in order to increase our uh, bilateral, multilateral relation between Kazakhstan and EU in this direction. Thank you very much once again. Many thanks, Ambassador. Um, I just have one one question. I mean. Uh, for example, I, I think believe Kazakhstan will chair the uh, the next WTO uh, ministerial meeting, uh, which is due to take place next week. Um, this will be the first WTO meeting since the COP26 summit in Glasgow. What will what will your government's priorities be at this meeting? Well, yeah, indeed, we are expecting the. the upcoming meeting uh, MC12 in Geneva, of course, um, during this whole time, Kazakhstan was really active in order to propose different uh, uh, approaches, how we can improve uh, the WTO organization, uh, particularly in different fields. I'm not a deep expert about the WTO um, topics, but uh, indeed Kazakhstan would like to propose, uh, consider different uh, topics, including how we can improve the WTO organization. Of course, um, the one of the topics will be about um, what this uh, expectation as post-recovery, uh, post-pandemic uh, recovery of the economy and trade. Um, it, was, it wasn't easy to share, to, to solve this problem uh, very, so I hope uh, it could be good to discuss between politicians and international organizations how we can improve, not only this organization, how we can improve our trade relationship uh, globally. And uh, of course, uh, it's necessary to discuss and share some views how we can um, solve different problems, uh, not only in particular our region, and uh, we should consider all of, uh, of all, all of our map uh, around the world, so I hope it will, it will be a good discussion. Thank you. Our panelists, um, with a couple of minutes each, please, and then after that, we will move into the uh, into the discussion debate uh, part of this conference, followed by closing statements. So I'll start by introducing um, our distinguished panelists this morning. Uh, so we have um, Helen Gonar, who's a desk officer for Kazakhstan at the European External Action Service. Dimitris Dmitriatis, who's the president of the External Relations Section at the European Economic and Social Committee. Uh, Urban Rashnak, 
as the Secretary General of the International Energy Charter. He'll be followed by Zulfaya Suleymanova, who's a member of the Committee on Foreign Affairs, Defense and Security at the Parliament of Kazakhstan, and Kairat Tulebayev, who is the Vice Minister at the Ministry of Trade and Integration in the Republic of Kazakhstan. So I'll start by uh, Helen, you have the floor. Hi, thank you so much, uh, Benjamin, and uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Ambassador Baimukhan. Uh, very good to see you all here to this morning. Um, so just to start, well, it's an exciting week for EU-Kazakhstan uh, bilateral relations. As you know, the President Tokayev is visiting uh, Brussels this week on Thursday and Friday, and, um, and we're very excited that this is his first official visit to the EU and to, to Brussels, sorry, to Brussels especially. Um, so in our bilateral relations with Kazakhstan, we have uh, Kazakhstan was the first uh, Central Asian country to sign an enhanced partnership and cooperation agreement with uh, the EU. And we've seen since uh, since it's in particular since its implementation or its entry into force in 2020, indeed our relations are going from strength to strength. Um, in particular, the EPC is important because the implementation of the trade part of the ECP EPCA will certainly help Kazakhstan to diversify its economy, which we know is incredibly important uh, for a green economy moving forward uh, to the future, and also to facilitate foreign investment. And despite the pandemic, I think it's important to say that uh, the EU and Kazakhstan, we've maintained good, good cooperation, and uh, we've all of our dialogues have taken place. Um, so whether online or in person, uh, we've managed to, to, to really maintain a, a good level uh, of dialogue and cooperation. Um, with Kazakhstan, we also have a high-level business platform, which is, uh, has been instrumental in helping um, EU investors and, uh, and to address barriers to trade and to investment. And recently, there's even been uh, important discussions in the framework of this platform, business platform on low carbon and green technologies, and also on sustainable agricultural and forestry. Um, so I think that you know that the discussion today is important, but it's not new. And uh, the EU and Kazakhstan have been discussing this these areas and and looking for how we can build on the cooperation that we have uh, to move forward. Of course, we have the momentum now of the COP26, COP which just took place uh, in Glasgow, where um, Kazakhstan made very ambitious goals. Um, Ambassador Balmukhan um, has already uh, raised these, of course, reducing uh, greenhouse gas emissions by 15% by 2030 and to achieve carbon neutrality by 2060. And the EU is very supportive, of course, um, to, to also work with Kazakhstan on achieving their goals. And, and we also, we have our green agenda, but Kazakhstan also has its green agenda and, and is very committed to, um, to moving forward and to stepping up cooperation with the EU and uh, European companies on low carbon and green technologies. And as we know, this is, of course, an area of huge potential. So that's on the bilateral level. Um, perhaps before I move to the regional level, just to, to mention also, of course, thinking ahead, um, we have uh, the EPCA in the framework of the EPCA. We now have the EU financial programming, which will be adopted by the end of the year for 2022 to right to 2027. And um, for Kazakhstan, we are hoping to have a multi-indicative program, which will uh, focus on a, co a cooperation facility. And, and this will focus on two areas. Um, so, 
you know, to help the implementation of DPC into ERISA, which is sustainable economic uh, growth and rule of law. So I think this will also give a, a good boost uh, to, to our cooperation in these areas. Um, so on the regional level, uh, well, I mentioned it was a, a busy week for EU-Kazakhstan relations, but it's also been a, a busy, busy time for EU um, and Central Asia relations. Um, we've just had the EU Central Asia Ministerial, which took place in Dushanbe on Monday of the 22nd. Um, so that was yesterday. And um, we, uh, the HRVP, um, Joseph Borrell and Commissioner Erpelainen um, are in Dushanbe uh, for the ministerial. And here there is going there, there has been um, it has been an opportunity for the EU as well to to give its support to green and sustainable post-COVID recovery. Um, and of course, connectivity and digitalization are also very important areas of co cooperation. We've also had uh, the first ever EU Central Asia Economic Forum, which took place uh, at the beginning of the month on the 5th of November, and which also had, of course, an important focus on green recovery, digitalization and better business environment. And EU programming as well for, for the future, moving forward 2021 to 2027, will also, of course, be very much uh, focused on important areas of, of cooperation on the region regionally as well on energy environment climate um, where we can expect you know the, the programs that we've already in place to to, to continue um, and finally I think what I just want to mention um, is that we also had an EU uh, civil society forum um, which Kazakhstan uh, kindly hosted in October and here this was also focusing on uh, green recovery following the COVID-19 and, and the important role civil society can play in, in, uh, in developing um, this area of cooperation. So I think I will end here, but um, looking forward to the discussion, of course. Many thanks, Helen. Um, Dimitris, uh, you, have the, you have the floor. Hello, do you hear me? Yep, loud and clear. Because Okay, thank you very much, because I have very bad connection. I am in Izmir, and uh, I am ready to, to, to start my trip to Brussels. Thank you, thank you for uh, this invitation. It's, it's really, it's really a, a, a very valuable moment to have this in, uh, discussion about Kazakhstan, not only because it's a very important partner for EU, but because the last 20 days we have a lot of good news coming from the Commission about, the, about Central Asia in general. And uh, I am thankful to the Euroactive for this uh, invitation to, to be with you today. Uh, if I will lose you, I apologize from the beginning, but from uh, at any, uh, I, my connection is very bad. Uh, some points from outside, from the European Economic and Social Committee. Uh, to, to be honest, we don't uh, have a lot of opinions or a lot of activities in Central Asia. And it was not only our fault, but it is in general... Uh, uh, how to say, a lack of activities in the whole uh, region the last decade. But now I think that we start to understand how important is Central Asia and especially uh, Kazakhstan uh, for this debate. And coming now to this topic today, how can the EU help? EU has a lot of uh, best practices, uh, uh, using a lot of best practices internally and externally. I will start first of all with the Green Deal. The Green Deal has a very special, particular uh, part 
about Western Balkans and how the European Union will achieve some important policies in the Western Balkans because, of course, it is a, a very near to us. It's a neighborhood countries. We have very special interests for the region. But in, this, in these policies, we have uh, some good examples and best practice that we can use also with Kazakhstan. Uh, everybody knows that Kazakhstan is a, a, a big CO2 emitter. But in any case, we have a lot of uh, uh, good uh, ideas how we can uh, support Kazakhstan with best practices following a, a, a closer cooperation. In January this year, the European Parliament made a, a special resolution uh, encouraging the Commission and the EAS to create a global EU connectivity strategy as an extension of the Connecting Europe and Asia strategy, a very important step. But uh, I think that Kazakhstan is a very important country for a lot of reasons. What it is important for Kazakhstan today, it is first of all as, to, as a transport hub to develop sustainable transport connect connections, and second, avoid to be impacted by the European Carbon Adjustment Mechanism it is, as it is main exporters of metal and oil to the EU. Uh, the, the civil society organizations, they can play a crucial role to this debate for uh, obvious reason, because we are we can work closer with the civil society organization in Kazakhstan to support, uh, and because as EESC we have a big expertise about uh, all uh, green issues, green economy, green, green transition, and now we are working also, and for the blue economy in Mediterranean, we have a lot of uh, ideas about that. The, uh, we have a progress via the investment facility for uh, uh, Central Asia, but it's not enough. Uh, to conclude, it, my opinion is that uh, we, we must encourage Kazakhstan to come nearer to EU and EU to work closer to Kazakhstan and Central Asia because as Europe is the front runner, thanks to the uh, Green Deal, we can, uh, we can support them a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you. I think it's a, it's a, several points that we're going to certainly have to... Uh, refer back to later in the discussion, particularly around the, the implementation of the border tax. Um, next to take the floor um, is Mr. Urban Rashnak. You have the floor. Thank you very much uh, for inviting me for this um, very timely event uh, on uh, how the European Union could help Kazakhstan on its road to a green transition. First of all, I would like to underline that uh, Energy Charter Treaty, the only existing multilateral energy treaty where Kazakhstan and European unions are both members. Energy is the most important element of the green economic transition of Kazakhstan. You had mentioned that uh, Kazakhstan is the 13 biggest emitter of the CO2 right now. It's a country which made a remarkable progress in the last 30 years, the 30 years of independent Kazakhstan. It has to be kept in mind and uh, in many aspects of their evolution, uh, take digitalization, human rights, or fighting poverty, they have a plenty, plenty things to share with the European Union. I would argue that uh, in certain level, for example, digitalization, the level of uh, services provided by the state to the citizens is much higher than many European countries. Uh, regarding to the energy charter process 
the Kazakhstan is active participation in it since uh, the onset. It's one of the first countries which signed and ratified the ECT and participated in the Energy Charter Treaty negotiation back in 1992-94. And it's very active, one of them probably the most active uh, member from the Central Asia in its ongoing modernization negotiations. It has, it's not uh, by coincidence uh, because uh, Kazakhstan was chairing the Energy Charter Conference in 2014 and made a lot of efforts to put forward uh, initiatives related to the transit, uh, trade, energy efficiency, and uh, dispute resolution mechanisms under the Energy Charter Treaty. Uh, it was also remarkable and very much linked to the today's topic discussion, the efforts Kazakhstan made before and during the Expo 2017, which was uh, focused on the energy of the future. It has to be said that since 2012 and 2013, Kazakhstan is making the steps and plans how to change their economy, how to change the energy and to, to move towards a more sustainable and green future. It has to be mentioned, and I will echo Ambassador's word, that it's not uh, the Kazakhstan is not uh, only the country which uh, uh, made a lot of uh, uh, generates energy from fossil fuels, but also one of the countries which was most affected by the, the climate changes and the other hu human-made and human-induced uh, environmental disasters. So they know not by uh, not by by communication, but they know by their own experience how important it is to to maintain the, the road towards the, the green transformation. I think that we, in relation to the European Union, we have to, to maintain uh, the basic fact. This communication should be two-way street. The European Union has to, has to make sure that uh, we will not slide into the patronizing countries, and especially Kazakhstan. The Kazakhstan is making all the best they can from the uh, then the, the attempt, uh, attempt to address the challenges related to the, uh, the green economy are not uh, coming from today or yesterday. There is almost a decade of efforts led by uh, first President Nursulman Nazarbayev, and he first formulated the strategy of the transition to the new post-fossil fuel era. But also has to be said that uh, not many countries have a, such a such a difficult starting point and uh, if you take into account the remarkable progress Kazakhstan made in the last 30 years the 30 years of since its independence i would argue that the challenge for the next 30 years to make the economy greener to get gradually rid of the fossil fuels is a project which is commensurable with the project of establishing a current modern and sovereign Kazakhstan thank you very much Thank you very much, Urban. Um, uh, Zulfaya, you have the floor. Thank you very much, uh, Benjamin. Dear distinguished panelists, friends, it is my great pleasure and honor to be part of today's discussion. Um, I would like to actually briefly stop in Kazakhstan's efforts to greening its economy as well as achieving carbon neutrality by 2060, as it was already mentioned by a couple of speakers, including um, his Excellency Ambassador uh, by Mohan. Last year in December, President Tokayev announced about Kazakhstan's pledge to become carbon neutral by 2060, which is very important for us. And 
this uh, this goal should be achieved through an through implementation of a very comprehensive set of mitigation actions. Uh, the roadmap to getting to our goal will be laid down within uh, the doctrine on carbon neutrality, which is hopefully upcoming very soon. At the same time, I would like to also emphasize that since tw uh, in, 20, um, in 2013, we have adopted a concept on transitioning to a green economy. Um, last year, we have concluded the first phase of this important document, which was aimed at optimizing the natural resource um, use and consumption. This year, we have started the implementation of the second phase. Uh, which is basically aimed at structural transformations of the economy through increased efficiency of resources use, as well as the development of renewable and green technologies. Um, how I see these two documents, that is the doctrine on carbon neutrality, as well as the uh, concept on transition to a green economy, is that these two, doc two documents are complementary to one another, and they are aimed at maximizing our efforts um, our, the effect of our efforts towards, the, to, towards building a much greener economy. But at the same time, what I would like to also um, specifically emphasize is that one of the very powerful instruments to really sending the right signals and creating a favorable environment towards uh, greening the economy is actually the legislation. Speaking of which, um, last year the parliament has adopted a new environmental code. It was signed in the beginning of, the, of this year and it entered into force in July this year. So we have a new um, environmental code which is basically, which includes, uh, which, which is aimed at creating the incentives uh, through introduction of both push and pull uh, regulations. And it's a, bit, a very big document. However, I would like to emphasize on a very briefly on several novelties that this environmental new environmental legislation um, considers. The first one is uh, in, in our environmental code, we have two big chapters which are which which are aimed uh, which, which cover uh, climate change. One is on climate change mitigation and the second one is on climate change adaptation. Speaking of the mitigation, um, we introduced, we basically embedded our NDC goal into our environmental code. So basically our, envi our environmental legislation says that by 2030 Kazakhstan should reduce its carbon emission emissions by at least 15% of 1990 level. So, which means that it is now a legal requirement for us to reduce our carbon emissions. How we're going to do it? That is the second novelty. We have introduced a carbon budget. So uh, the carbon budget is going to be developed in close consultations with all the stakeholders. And it will. it, it is going to be um, designed, it would be uh, an economy-wide carbon budget and will be designed based on taking into consideration the goal on carbon emissions reduction. So it's going to be shrinking every year, thus creating the right, uh, let's say, signals to the market players. The second, um, that might be not the novelty, but it's a very important instrument, is the emissions trading system. As you may know, in 2013, we have launched for the first time emissions trading system of Kazakhstan um, and has gone through several steps, uh, through several stages. And in new, in new environmental code, it remains one of the important instruments for carbon emissions reductions. Um, what is new about our ETS? Um, 
until this moment, until last year, we have been using a mixed method of quota distribution, that is grandfathering method, as well as the benchmarking method. So from this year, we're going to, we, we are moving towards a fully benchmarking method. What is the next step? The next step, we are considering to improve the, um, the benchmarks. So one of the, um, let's say, stakeholders, not stakeholders, but the examples that we are looking at is the European Union's emissions trading system. And I think this is one of the areas where we can definitely cooperate much, much closer um, and which represents one of the areas for our enhanced cooperation. The third novelty of our environmental code is um, climate change adaptation chapter. As was mentioned uh, by Mr. Urban Rusnak, indeed, Kazakhstan is already experiencing the effects of climate change. In the last hundred years, uh, the, the temperature in our country has increased by almost two degrees. So, and we are already seeing the, the effects. Last year, I have um, climbed the, 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 the glaciers in Tension Mountains. And and this is when you actually realize what is the what are the um, let's say the scales of climate change because the glaciers are already melting. We have lost one third. For example, the Tuxu Lake Glacier has lost one third of its volume and has retreated by over one kilometer. That is a lot. Um, and we 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 see our glaciers as um, water resources uh, reservoirs natural reservoirs of water resources so this is so we are already seeing that the climate change is really that is really happening in our country and it, it is a question how can we really improve the resilience and when, when the climate change is happening then we are seeing the loss and damage um, caused to our economy as well as well as the lost economic opportunities so the when we were designing our climate change adaptation chapter, we were thinking about how can we improve the coping capacity of our economy so that to reduce our vulnerability, so that to reduce the risk and the exposure to, of, of, of the economy and of the population to the effects of climate change, as well as how to reduce the loss and damage that is stemming from uh, changing um, changing climate. So the adaptation chapter is one of the important, very important, um, um, I think, one of the important chapters of environmental code. Um, and I think this is another area where we can definitely cooperate with the European Union very closely. The, uh, we, we have identified that we have four key sectors which are the most vulnerable to climate change, that is water resources, agriculture, forestry, as well as um, human protection, that is reducing the risks of disasters. Um, and I think uh, we, we still have to see how this chapter is going to be implemented, but definitely this is a very important element. The fourth novelty is introduction of best available techniques. So um, as I said, the, uh, the environmental code is actually aimed at creating the right incentives. So the best available techniques is one of the incentives for the companies. So it is either that the companies can be paying a much increased uh, payments for its emissions, let's say when it's polluting um, the atmosphere or releasing some substances into um, environment, if that happens. So then the, the penalties are going to increase by two, four or eight times but at the same time, we provide, we, we give uh, an option to companies to introduce best available techniques so that to reduce their 
um, if, um, their impact on, on environment as well as on climate. So uh, BATs, uh, we are going to be introduced starting from 2025. At the moment, we are having big discussions and we are developing the reference materials um, uh, in, in very close consultations with the business, uh, with, the, with the business and the private sector, and the fifth, which is uh, fifth novelty, is green finance and green technologies. In the last few years, we have um, we we have seen the spur in demand for green solutions. Uh, it, it might be the, the civil society organization, might be just the citizens or small and medium enter enterprises. There are more and more people who are interested in introducing green solutions in in their businesses, in what they are doing. And when we realize that environmental code should really incentivize and should really create the right um, instruments for us to, um, to, to, to create right incentives for those people and, and for the population, for the businesses to introduce greener, greener options and greener solutions. So green finance and green technologies is another novelty that we are that we have introduced in environmental code. And we are hoping that this um, the, the adoption of new environmental code would really help us to really move uh, towards a much greener economy and really create this the, the paradigm shift in our thinking, in the way how we are seeing um, our future development. So I really look, uh, I would like to really thank uh, for organization of this conference and for the opportunity to share our thinking, but also hear from other um, distinguished panelists. And I really look forward to an interesting discussion. Thank you. Many thanks, Sophia. Um, we have a our uh, the vice minister is having, I think, slight difficulties getting online, uh, Mr. Tulibayev. So uh, I don't think he's going to join us for a few more minutes, in which case uh, we will actually move on to the discussion part now. And then when he uh, comes online, we'll obviously give the vice minister uh, the floor to speak. Um, so we'll open up to the first couple of questions now. There is this question about the um, the EU's planned uh, carbon border tax uh, and the, the potential that this could uh, hurt um, exports from the likes of Kazakhstan. Um, how can these risks be mitigated, uh, and how worried should Kazakhstan be about this uh, about this new tax? Uh, start with. Um, if Demetrius, then uh, Zulfair and Helen, if you could come give quick comments on that. Demetrius? Or maybe let's move. Sorry, uh, sorry. I, I did. Sorry, sorry. I didn't understand well your, your question. Sorry. Can you repeat it, please? Um, what is the risk posed by the uh, carbon, the EU's carbon border tax to Kazakhstan? And how can it be mitigated? Oh, uh, look, I think that uh, uh, we have in the, in the Green Deal some policies that we can, uh, we, we can pass to Kazakhstan. And uh, I'm starting for some ideas that we have in, in, the, in the Green Deal for the future. Uh, but I'm not specialist about this question, about the, the emissions, the system emissions because it's a very technical issue. I don't know if one of the panelists have more information or more experience than me. 
Okay. Um, Zofia or, or Helen? Zofia, would you like to come in? Uh, the microphone. Hello? Yep, that, there we you got you back. Yeah. Um, of course, we have been following the news about the introduction of carbon border adjustment mechanism in European Union. Um, Kazakhstan's mm -hmm. economy is, although we are a developing economy, unfortunately, our, we are very carbon intensive economy. So definitely we need to reduce our emissions. But um, what, what I would like to, I think, uh, what, what comes into my mind is that when we are talking about carbon border adjustment, what is extremely important, I think many countries, many other countries might have raised it, I'm not sure, um, is that we really need to also think about the um, different starting points in different countries. So Kazakhstan mm -hmm. is carbon intensive, but we are quite open and quite interested in reducing our carbon footprint. Specifically, as I mentioned, we have an emissions trading system. Um, I know that the European Union also has an emissions trading system. Of course, they are at the moment quite, well, let's say, um, not very much comparable. Uh, however, we are very keen and very interested to, to really to start aligning our emissions trading system with the European emissions trading system, which hopefully would create the right, um, let's say, policy environment for uh, for the companies who are potentially exporting, not potentially, but also exporting to European Union. At the moment, our ETS system covers approximately 46% of all carbon emissions in our country, which covers um, energy sector, um, I think mining, uh, well, there are eight sectors, I, I, I don't remember all of them um, uh, right now. But yeah, it's it's eight sectors. And, and, and what, what we're looking at is really start thinking about how can we create a much more efficient ETS system? How can we align our ETS system with the European ETS system? And so that to make sure that um, our producers from Kazakhstan, they are not hit very, um, very badly by the CBAM um, of, of the European Union. But definitely, I think we would need um, support and we would definitely need, um, need a much closer collaboration with our European Union's um, partners, since uh, this is a very technical, indeed, as was mentioned by the previous speaker, it is definitely a very um, technical issue. Um, and I think this is one of the other areas uh, which represent uh, a prospective, let's say, area for cooperation between uh, European Union and Kazakhstan. Thank you. Helen, is that is that correct that, that this is this is one of those you know, that there is potential for you know kind of bilateral cooperation to between Kazakhstan and the EU to offset these yeah. any well, potential firstly it's sorry, Benjamin. Yes, firstly, I I uh, I completely uh, understand uh, the Demetrius is such a technical area and beyond our competence. But of course, it's uh, it would be our colleagues for DG uh, Taxation and Customs Union, uh, especially to to um, to reply. But but what of course from from the EES point of view, of course, we're aware of this uh, CBAM, this Carbon Border Adjustment Mechanism, uh, proposed last July, and of course we understand. Completely, this is uh, the reasoning behind it, and it's a, it's a, I think it will prove to be a, a, a good instrument. And I mean, it's a, it, it's so the whole um, idea is to put a carbon price on imports of the targeted selection of products. Um, so 
and from what I understand is, of course, as, as the previous speakers of Viva mentioned, the EU uh, will engage with Kazakhstan and with partners to explore possibilities for dialogue and cooperation uh, with regard to the implementation of the specific elements of the of the CBAM. And, um, and what we understand and the, the bottom line is that any decarbonization efforts will pay off and, and a carbon price paid, for example, in Kazakhstan, will be deducted from the CBM uh, amounts. But of course, uh, I'm not capable of going into the technical uh, details of that. But I think what's important is that the, the EU will, of course, be, be, be having dialogues with partner countries and, and, um, and there will be a, undoubtedly probably, you know, tailor-made uh, um, specifically, you know, according to each country um, in the dialogue. Thank you, um, Urban. Do you do you see this as an issue, and also the uh, the the differing uh, carbon emissions trading systems as kind of is there a way that these can be there can be some level of in of alignment between the different regimes? Uh, look, uh, first of all, I think that uh, now we have uh, we will see an, another example of the extra territorial effect of the EU legislation in making. So nobody knows yet how exactly this carbon border tax pro proposed last uh, this summer was will, will look like, and what will be the effect? What will be the, exactly the sectors affected, and what will the the level of this tax? But I think the major uh, logic of the mitigation or or efforts in Kazakhstan should go in a, in a simple way, as it was alluded by by Helen. So the logic of uh, and reason for this uh, carbon tax adjustment is to to mitigate uh, or to to make sure that uh, the import to the European Union will be not have a more heavy uh, carbon footprint in the source, the country of source, country of origin. So I think the the process or the alignment should go in a in a way to to address the the carbon tax on the source. So the, I think that uh, in this very particular question, the Kazakhstan should follow very closely the discussions in in European Union, and then to try to find a way how to actually implement a similar measures in Kazakhstan. Uh, because if the carbon has to be taxed, so it should be, it's better for Kazakhstan economy to be taxed back home, not on the European borders. But I could imagine that this will be a very fine calculation, and uh, which will, which will depend on a, on a, on the actual level of the tax and the dynamics behind it. So it's not a kind of a simple solution. One decision will fit all probably it will be a different adjustment in different sectors, depending, as it was mentioned, on the very different uh, starting point of, uh, of Kazakhstan and European Union's economy. Okay. Thank you. Um, we have a question from uh, our online audience, which I, I'd like to put. It's, I think it's primarily, first, I think, for Zulfire, I think, um, which is, is uh, Kazakhstan preparing and willing to do research on uh, carbon capture, utilization, uh, storage technology, and, and CO2 recycling. Is that something, so far, is that a question yes. that you could come up um, with? Thank, thank you very much for a very interesting question. Yes, definitely. Um, 
So when we were developing our doctrine on carbon neutrality, um, it is still in, in progress, it is still being discussed, but one of the things which we understand is that we definitely need to introduce uh, CCUS technologies. So, um, so there, there are several things which we are looking at. It's first of all, of course, we need to reduce our carbon emissions uh, from all sectors, starting from the energy sector, but also there would be um, certain number amount of carbon emissions which cannot be reduced so they should be let's say captured so definitely carbon capture and storage technologies are one of the technologies that we are looking at um well at the moment i i i'm not really in a position to say what is the status but um we are envisioning that as one of the options of uh, as one of the policy options Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm not sure that's a question that, oh, sorry, Demetrius, do you want to come in on that? I can't, can't hear you. Can you the microphone? We lost sound. You don't hear me. Yeah, I got you now. Yep. Oh, no. <laughs> that is, okay. Do you hear me now? Yep. Yes. Yep. Uh, so, sorry Far for away. that. Uh, I would like to. Uh, I would like to add something. In in the meantime, the Commission is preparing the new strategy on international energy engagement. It's a big strategy for the whole world. After the adoption of this strategy, most probably EU will start negotiations with Kazakhstan to develop its emission trading system. Just for your information. Okay. Uh, many thanks. Many thanks. Does anybody anybody else want to come in on uh, on that point, or shall I move on? I think I'll move on. Um, uh, another question is uh, several several of you have raised this is question of uh, climate change adaption and also uh, green finance. Um, is this? I mean. It, it, what programs are there available and like, likely that the both the, that Kazakhstan can tap into, for example? Um, Alan? Thank you, um, Benjamin. Um, of course, this is definitely the, the area for my colleagues in the DG INPA, International Partnerships. But of course, that um, I mean, in the past, uh, EU programming on a regional on a regional basis has very much focused on um, on uh, energy, climate, water, environment, all the subjects that we're, we're, we're discussing, you know, the, the really this, the high stake issues. And uh, we can expect, of course, that this will continue in the in the new programming, which should be adopted by the end of the year. Um, and I think that the EU is very conscious, of course, and, and we're taking this regional approach because, um, because of course, the issues uh, on climate and environment, they're cross-cutting and, and they don't stop at borders. Um, so this is um, the, the, this will very much I think continue and we've had there will be a I think a, a conference on water um, next year in Dushanbe there'll be a, a many regional events uh, taking place that, that we can uh, watch out for um, so this would be very much a uh, top priority and, and high on the agenda for sure thank you um, Zulfaya 
yes um well i think i think this is a, a question that should be probably asked uh, from the representative of the european union since this is the uh, we're talking about the programs of the european union but speaking of the adaptation as i mentioned uh we have in environmental code, we have identified several areas which are the most vulnerable to climate change. So, which is agriculture, uh, water resources, forestry, and disaster risk reduction, human pro protecting people from uh, from disasters. Um, so, as um, Helen already mentioned, the, the the programs are already covering water, um, climate, water, and, and energy issues. I think this. Um, these are very much important, but I, I said, but as I said, we have these four priority areas. They are definitely cross-cutting. They are definitely um, very much interlinked with one another. So I think uh, when we are thinking about programs, they should be not only transboundary but also very systemic in terms of they should be really you know connecting different dots in different sectors uh, to make sure that we are maximizing the effect of the, those programs so that would be probably a wish so since, uh, since i'm not really in a position to <laughs> to to speak uh for the european union but yeah that would be a wish probably yeah thank you um, many thanks, Sophia. I think, I believe we have our Vice Minister, uh, Mr. Turebayev, has joined us online, although I don't think any of us can see him. Uh, Vice Minister, are you, are you online? It appears not yet, unless he's having, unless there are techn more technical difficulties. Um, in which case, um, just a question for uh, Urban. What, how do you see the um, the role of the the Energy Charter Treaty? How do you, what, what what do you think the the role of that treaty will be in the coming years in terms of um, building these synergies between, for example, Kazakhstan and and, and the European Union in terms of legal frameworks? Thank you very much for this question. I think, uh, as you may know, we are now undergoing the one in generation uh, overhaul of the Energy Charter Treaty and uh, the negotiations are going on. I think that uh, I will not reveal anything, any, any secret that uh, the negotiating partners, the contracting parties, including the European Union, are trying to adapt the Energy Charter Treaty to the new situation, uh, including uh, the, the climate emergency and the way how the Energy Charter Treaty could protect in the future uh, energy investment. Having said that, Energy Charter Treaty is already protecting all sorts of investment, including renewables, uh, which are very helpful in in providing the um, instruments for uh, for tackling the problems of energy energy transition. I'm expect that uh, the negotiation on the ECT modernization will be concluded by summer next year and the new version of the ECT will be better adapted to the new challenges of, uh, of the next uh, let's say 20-30 years. On the practical terms uh, the energy charter process provides a lot of opportunities for European Union to cooperate with uh, other energy charter treaty contracting parties including Kazakhstan or 
for the for the sake of the region for all other Central Asian countries are members of the Energy Charter Treaty. We as a secretariat, we are very keen to, to provide uh, technical assistance, and we do actually we do providing additional assistance to uh, to the countries from the region. And I think that the main uh, instrument uh, to be used in this framework uh, are the uh, in-depth energy efficiency reviews, because energy efficiency is is notoriously known that is one of the most, what to say, the weakest point of the extensive energy development in this part of the world. And I st strongly believe that uh, uh, more active uh, in support uh, from European Union in the field of uh, improving energy efficiency would pay very much off for, for everybody involved. For Kazakhstan on the first place, but for European Union as well. Thank you. Thank you. I think we we're going to we'll tr make another. Ah, I think we have our the Vice Minister, Mr. Kadat Tulabayev. Um, good morning, sir. How are you? And would you like to? Um, yeah, you have, you have the floor. Uh, well, thank you. I I just joined, uh, so apparently. I'm not aware uh, what what the discussions prior to my uh, joining the discussions. So uh, I just want to know uh, to to say that the climate change and the CO2 neutrality is uh, on top on of agenda of Kazakhstan. And as the deputy minister of trade, I'm who is responsible for promotion of exports. Uh, I'm definitely interested how the landscape of international uh, trade will change since there will be additional uh, requirements uh, on top of uh, the uh, on top of the other obstacles we are facing. Uh, you know, Kazakhstan is the biggest uh, landlocked country, and uh, we have abundant of resources. Therefore, uh, it's it's very uh, difficult for us to overcome uh, these uh, two uh, uh, since we have to request other countries to to pass and uh, we have cheap process not to use to uh, so and nevertheless uh, the president of kazakhstan has uh, already issued uh, the goal he said the goal uh, uh, in 2060 we will go uh, carbon neutral and uh, therefore uh, we are making a large-scale economic and technological reforms uh, and uh, this will definitely come at a cost and uh, we 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 are looking forward to the, for cooperation in this perspective with other countries uh, and including european union uh, to to overcome these difficulties so uh, um, in general our carbon neutrality is uh, consists of two basic doctrines first is a basic scenario uh, that provides for development without measures to decarbonize the economy. At the same time, Kazakhstan's economy growing grow will slow down due to the factors such as uh, imposition of border, uh, carbon tax, low energy, and so on. So the second scenario is uh, carbon neutrality, which we are looking for by 2060. And the draft doctrine uh, declares the goal 
or in uh, <clears throat> which consists of six main sectors generating CO2 emissions, that is energy industry, agriculture, forestry, other types of uh, land use, transportation, housing, communication, etc., waste management, and etc. Uh, these measures uh, will reduce the expected damage uh, by more than two times, two folds, and it's expected uh, that most of the emissions will be avoided. So, in, in short, uh, this is the message I wanted uh, to share with you. If you have some questions, uh, I'm uh, ready to answer prior to my flight, uh, which will be like in a couple of minutes. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Minister. I do actually have one. Uh, I'll start you with, off with a, a quick question, which we have from our audience, which is uh, from Philip Urban, who says, "Will uh, green bonds be um, issued in Kazakhstan?" Uh, well, I, I think I think it is uh, the question which should be addressed uh, to Ministry of uh, Environment and Ministry. Uh, so uh, it's it's uh, their uh, share, uh, sphere of their responsibility. However, uh, I think it's a good idea. Uh, it might be a good idea for us as the Ministry of Trade. I, I think uh, I think uh, there is uh, some margins for cooperation. Okay. Um, actually, I'll follow it up with another one from from the audience. Who uh, this is uh, directed uh, towards uh, primarily towards Helen. Who uh, the question is: What is on the plate for Central Asia and specifically Kazakhstan on uh, green infrastructure solutions within the EU's Global Gateway Strategy? I don't know if that's something you could have a crack at, Helen. That again would be for more the uh, Commission colleagues, but it's important. It's a really good question, actually, and of course we're discussing this as well uh, in our uh, for in our external relations and uh, in our bilateral relations with Kazakhstan. And I think it's important to know that this is really high on the agenda connectivity. And I just wanted actually to touch upon this point before the discussion would close that uh, green and sustainable connectivity and and on both sides, on the EU side and on the on the side of Kazakhstan, but also intra-regional intra cooperation is, uh, I think everyone sees this now as, as an extremely important and a high priority. Again, it's nothing new. Uh, everyone, um, we've been doing connectivity, of course, connectivity for the EU is in the broad sense, you know, it's a uh, but the people, it's 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 energy, it's transport, it's um, also digitalization, and um, we've been doing these uh, projects, of course, bilaterally and also regionally. But I think there'll be um, with the new global strategy that was adopted, I think on the 17th of November, there'll be even a, a bigger impetus um, to an energy to to do more. Uh, maybe regionally and intra-regionally, so between the, the countries of, of uh, Central Asia themselves. Um, and, and I think we can definitely expect, uh, no surprises, that, that this would be very much as well part of the, 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 the priorities moving forward for 2021-2027, so the, the new uh, programming, multi-indicative programming um, 
So yes, so important and very relevant question. And I think that this is something that everyone agrees on, all uh, um, the EU and Kazakhstan and, and also the other Central Asian countries, that this is a, a real priority. And, and again, as we've heard several times today, that uh, Kazakhstan being a, a, the largest landlocked country and uh, and the, the importance of transport, you know, railway transport and, uh, and just finding um, new possibilities and, and new areas of cooperation but that looks at the big picture um which is is which is you know why the EU put such an emphasis on sustainable and and green uh, connectivity thanks helen um and just to kind of like i guess one of the themes that 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 i think keeps coming together in this discussion is this you know that there are you know this multitude of uh of legal frameworks of different different pieces of legislation, um, different reform programs, whether it's, a, you know, with the, with the COP or um, the EU's Green Deal and Kazakhstan's, uh, Kazakhstan's only own green, green reform program. How, how important is, is it to have alignment and corporate, you know, bilateral cooperation in terms of ensuring alignment between these different legal structures? Um, Zulfaya, and perhaps then Urban. Thank you. Um, thank you. This is a very interesting question. If I may, I actually would like to comment on the very previous question that was asked from Vice Minister on green bonds, if I may. Um, as, as I said, in environmental code, we have um, we, we have introduced green finance, uh, I mean, as an instrument, we have introduced this, uh, the regulations for green financing, for the development of green finances. And uh, the green bonds have already been launched in a pilot project, as far as I know, um, in Astana International Financial Center. They have green finance um, center, I guess, that, that, that's the name. So they already have launched the very first uh, and the very pilot green bonds. And we are hoping that and, and hopefully this initiative would further find its development. Um, answering your question about alignment between different legislations, um, I think what is extremely important, I mean, we really have to think about what is the the very, um, the goal of all these policies and legislations. Um, and I think where we need to find the alignment where the alignment is the most important if we can align the goals. So where are we moving, heading to? Where are we going? Where do we want to get to? So we want to make sure that we are moving in a green direction, that we have less impact on climate and on environment, that we actually cooperate in doing so, and that we are um, together reaching this big um the big goal for uh, which which were set in Paris Agreement and other um, international frameworks like sustainable development, uh, 2030 sustainable development agenda and so on. So it is about the goal and we need to really align our actions based on the goal and based on the destination that we want to reach. So I think this is where alignment has to go. And the in terms of the documents, they are the program documents. And I think this alignment, it should be following our intention of um, our, our vision of the uh, of the ultimate goal. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye. 
Yes, uh, thank you, Ben. Uh, I think uh, we should distinguish two sort of alignments. One is the hard, so-called legally binding alignment. I think this is what we are witnessing now in the Energy Charter Treaty modernization process. Here, the, the both European Union and Kazakhstan, plus uh, 50 more other partners, are working hard to align their legally binding provisions of the Energy Charter Treaty to, to, to serve better the, the goal stated uh, and to, to serve better the community of, of uh, contracting parties to, to meet their ambitions in uh, fighting climate change, in ensuring the green recovery and uh, green growth. The second very important alignment is a soft alignment. The EU is, has an enormous soft power. By setting its own trade rules and trade limitations, it of course affecting all its trading partners. More the country is aligned or is, is making trade is trading with uh, European Union, more the country is affected. Of course, this is not a kind of universal universal instrument, but for a country like Kazakhstan, there are a lot of incentives to 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 go along with the European Union, especially with those sectors where there is a where, where, where there is important market uh, for for Kazakhstan's products on the European side. So I think uh, here I would I would echo what uh, Zofia just said. There is a interest on the, on the both sides to align, but it will be somehow taken on the on the pragmatic approach. It clear, uh, there is clear that there is a, a big a global um, effort to go in one direction. Nobody is, is questioning this. However, on the on the particular side, and of course, and all, as always, the devils in, in details, here I think we will see kind of uh, pragmatic and selective alignment with those industries, those sectors, which are most, which, which have a potential to be most affected by European, European uh, decisions. I think this is a natural process, and uh, I think this, as in the case that uh, Kazakhstan will trade more with European Union and the ties will go get closer and closer. The influence uh, of the European soft power over uh, Kazakhstan and other partners uh, will only grow. In the case that the trajectory will be different and Kazakhstan will be, for whatever reason, decoupling from European markets, and this also could happen in the future if uh, those, those requirements will be too harsh or, or simply will fit Will not fit into into the into the the Kazakhstan development model, and the country will be pushed beyond beyond what what is what is what is perceived as acceptable. This could be a different process. Then Kazakhstan will not align on the soft alignment because they will look for the for the other markets on a, on a particular sectors of their economy. Thank you, uh, Helen. Do you think? I guess firstly, what. Um... Is there scope for close alignment, you know, on, on legal frameworks between Kazakhstan and the EU? And do you also do you also accept that there may be a risk, as as Urban says, that if the EU pushes too hard on um, from its side, that this may in turn push Kazakhstan away from away from the EU? 
Um, I, I think in general, from what, uh, from my experience of, of, of our bilateral dialogues with Kazakhstan, is that we're always naturally looking for alignment between our uh, our strategies and, and and our policies, and and we're working together on this. And and maybe just to give you a, a concrete example, when the EU was um, drafting its EU strategy on Central Asia in 2019, it was adopted in 2019. The work started way before the adoption in 2019 and and uh, the EU reached out to all its partners and uh, for their input and uh, and of course this is so that we can align as much as possible that um, you know the EU has its priorities and in this case its work program and these priorities are known and um, and I think there's really we're, we're seeing this all the time you know that there's um, it's in I think in the interests of everyone to align uh, to, to, to some priorities. I mean, we're not going to achieve everything, but we know what the big important uh, goals are and, and where the stakes are high. Um, uh, so I, I see more cooperation than, you know, and and, uh, and I think maybe even like even greater uh, sort of a willingness to 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 share knowledge and, and this has always this is again nothing new of course but i would say even when we're talking about green technologies um and and low carbon technology um we, we i think we'll see, be seeing greater cooperation between uh, the eu and kazakhstan and european companies and, and kazakh companies in these areas for example um i think that the eu is um when it comes to standards and everything, it is seen as a as a, um, as an example, as a good example, and, and a, a one to follow. And uh, and um, and I think that uh, yeah, that this will be this is this is happening, really happening. And uh, I think um, I'm trying to find other examples, but definitely exactly the programming as well. You know, the EU financial programming. Um, of course, we now have this EU strategy uh, for Central Asia, which was adopted in 2019. And then the programming, the EU programming for the region for, for 2021, 2027, um, of course, is, is based on the framework and the priorities within the, the EU strategy. Um, so I think that we're we're naturally going towards uh, closer alignment, and uh, I mean we're so. I think if there's one thing perhaps that this pandemic has shown us is that how we are all so connected, and uh, and that it's in the interests of all of us to 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 um, to, to to try as and especially we have the SDGs as well. These are not uh, EU <laughs> goals; they're they're uh, universal. They're they're global. Uh, so I think that these frameworks are all helping us uh, to cooperate much closely together in general. Thank you, Helen. I think that this, yeah, the, the theme of closer cooperation is 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 going to be at the heart of um, EU-Kazakhstan, uh, the relationship between EU and Kazakhstan on this matter. Um, I'm very conscious of time. We have only, a f we have a few seconds if anybody would like to give a quick closing statement before before we wrap up if anybody would like to so fire if you would like to give a very quick roundup or we'll go yeah, sure um i actually would like to thank all the speakers it was i think a very interesting discussion and was really showing different uh the perspective of the european union and also for, of kazakhstan i think we had a very interesting um exchange which we can use in future in, in our uh, future work. 
um, thank you very much for uh, to your active for organization of this um, of this discussion and, and of this conference. And I would like to wish everyone to to be healthy, to stay healthy, and <laughs> all the best. Thank you. Alrighty, thanks so much. And uh, yes, same message from from here as well. <laughs> thank you for being here and stay happy and stay safe. And so many thanks this morning to uh, Helen Gornad, uh, to Dimitris Dimitriadis, who's had, I think, slight, difficult, slight technical details, details at the airport, as well as the Vice Minister, Mr. Tulebayov. And thank you to uh, Zulfaya Selimanova and Urban Rashniak. And have a lovely day. Thank you. Thank you.